Conversations. I'm your host, Rebecca Mears, with my co-host, Luca Halex. And we are joining you from our own little self-isolated spaces this week, but we're putting the effort in to make sure that we are connecting with you since at this time in the history of our world and our current societies, it's one of those times we really need to be reaching out to each other while we're going through something so unique. None of us have experienced anything like this before. So Luca and I are, um, we're both in our different homes. We've got uh, Zoom up and running, so we're recording this. Um, we're going to send it up to the radio station, which has actually been uh, shut down to all of the volunteers. And um, we're going to uh, be focusing today on what does this look like? <laughs> how, how do we navigate this as individuals, as a community, both in our local community and in the global community? And, um, you know, sharing our personal thoughts as we're, we are examining what this means for us as individuals as well. So, Luca, how, how has your last week been? It's been, it seems like it's all developing very rapidly. So I think, we're all kind of doing the morning check-ins to see, okay, what's the damage report? What's happening? Oh, yeah, exactly. Well, my – surprisingly normal, actually, uh, because I, I – I mean, you and I both been working from home, quote-unquote, working from car, working from home, working from cafe, whatever, for a long time. So this is not so unusual for us. Um but I, but what I'm finding is that a lot of the things that I've been working on lately have been things that are forward looking, that are planning things, um, redoing my website, redoing my branding, all of those kinds of things. So, um, I have been, um, in this work on my own self motivated mode anyway. So this, this part of it is fine, but I am noticing that instead of going to the cafe because I have to isolate, um, I've been going for a walk around the park mm. and that's a round trip of about an hour and the park is packed um, with not anybody being unsafe. I mean, I, the people who are all together are the people who are families as far as I can see. So, you know, there's people out on their bicycles, people with their dogs um, everybody's got the same idea. If I have to work from home, I have to be able to get out. So everybody's getting exercise. They were, we've had sunshine in, in Vancouver this week and it's beautiful spring weather and the blossoms are starting to come out. I can tell because they're making you sneeze. Yeah. Um, so it, there's a lot, there's a lot happening. I'm noticing in my community. There, all the people who are normally off at work every day are all out in the street doing their gardening and, um, with the kids running around and they're, you know, painting their fence and they're doing, all, they're doing, they're right. out there doing. So the amazing thing about this is that if you're not sick, we're isolated, but we're not sick. Right. So that means that, and hopefully if we stay isolated, we won't get sick, but that means that we're, um, I mean, I'm comparing this to the, uh, 
two years and three years ago when I had broken feet and I had to isolate unintentionally because I couldn't go anywhere. And I'm so thrilled now not to be, not, not for the virus. Right. But, but to, but to be healthy and isolated to my house. Right. To not be with struggling no with mobility. Yeah, exactly. Not to be struggling with, with mobility. So that, that's, that's one thing that I'm noticing. I'm also noticing people in my neighborhood coming together to help people who are elderly. Um, or who are disabled in any way to make sure that they have what they need. Um, they're willing to go out and get groceries for them and run errands and do things like that, which I think is, um, it's, it's the upside of adversity, right? When we all pull together and we behave as a community and in a world where many of us have become increasingly isolated, um, we're, we're strangely isolated, but not right now. It's a, it's a very interesting dichotomy. And there's something about the currently in Canada, I believe in the U.S. as well, currently voluntary, uh, recommended yes. and yes. very sternly, strongly recommended that we stay home. We're being exhorted to stay close, uh, yes. where we have an autonomy of choice at play here. And it is encouraging when we see people put that energy into the things that are meant to protect not only themselves, but each other. And I think we often will say like the circumstances can bring out the best and worst of people. And I think we're definitely seeing that even if it's not necessarily, I don't think it's helpful to to draw a line and to say some people are being very bad through this and some people are being very good because all of us will have both helpful and unhelpful tendencies. Right. And so the whole hoarding thing, I've been thinking about how, I wonder, there are, sure, there are some individuals who are going out and who are perhaps collecting and taking much more than they actually need for whatever motivation it might be that they're doing that, whether it be toilet paper or some foodstuffs or even alcohol, etc. you know, and, and yet I think there's probably also most of us who are going out there and we may take just a bit more than we need because we don't know how long this is going to last. And I suspect that it's that that's really making the big difference is most of us just taking a bit more than we need, because that really adds up over, over time, even more so than just the few outlying individuals who are grabbing, you know, a lot, a lot of things. So what do you think it is that's motivating people when they're grabbing not just a little bit extra, but perhaps whatever actions it may be. Maybe it's around the hoarding. Maybe it's around the, because we do have a voluntary aspect to the um, self-isolation that is the recommended thing to do right now, working from home, staying at home as much as possible. Um, and, but, but there are people who are not doing that. What do you see as the, as the motivations for that, Luca? I think it's fear. Um, and, and as you and I know from having coached and counseled people for many years now, that um, a lot of the time that fear comes out of patterns, original patterns from childhood that perhaps have not been healed yet. Um, they may come out of cultural wounds that, um, that make that um, necessary or a norm in their culture. 
Um, and I, and I don't mean even to point at any particular nationality. I just mean that, for instance, if you, I was going to say a war torn country, but there was a guy who posted something online the other day about having, um, come from Syria. And he said, even in Syria, which was war torn when he was there, that people weren't hoarding things. So it, I think it more, it's very personal, right? It's what, what makes you feel so insecure that you can't carry on unless you do something about it. And I think too, there's an element of, we don't really know what we're dealing with yet. We don't know what we're dealing with. We also have no idea how long this is going to last for. Right. And so and that has a lot to do with whether or not we catch it, nip it in the bud really early. And, and, and that's the self isolating part, but it's not mandatory. I'm thinking about how, you know, you just referenced somebody from Syria and where there's a war-torn country. Uh, having lived in a country that was at civil war for 30 years, uh, Sri Lanka was still experiencing civil war while I was there for the seven years I was there. Not The fighting was yeah. not where we were, but it yeah. was in the daily news. We yeah. all knew people that were impacted by it. There, When something has been around for a while, there becomes a new normal. And so... Yeah. This person from Syria, I'll bet you anything that there was still, there was a new normal in terms of how to I we think probably, it? yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And we don't have that yet. We're trying to figure out, we don't even know what, what the normal will look like. And of course we can't. There's nobody that can tell us that. We have to live it before it can be known. Yeah. You know, there's another thought that's occurring to me too, um, of inherited trauma specifically around this i know my father grew up in england which was devastated by the wars and the rationing and so his childhood was drastically impacted by that just post-war and so the poverty that lasted for a number of years after the war the rationing that continued for a number of years that's a truth for a lot of people who are in the older generation, which is now currently the most vulnerable. And I wonder if there is elements of that from their childhood, but also an inherited trauma that would have been from their parents who lived through the war. You yeah. know? Well, I my wonder. mother did live through the war, right? So she's yeah. in the mid-80s now. And they also, I think, have some wisdom for us, which is just how much you can, how, how little you can get by with. Right. Right? That that. Um, and they, they were the generation of, uh, reuse, repair, um, repurpose, right? Because during the Second World War, the, the father may have been in battle, but his clothes were at home and they got cut down and adjusted for the boys growing up in the family. Right. Sometimes even for the girls, because if you had to wear pants, then you need, and, and before the war, there weren't that many pairs of pants around, right? Mm-hmm. So they would, so they knew what to do with a needle. They had those skills. They had a sewing machine. They had, mm-hmm. um, they, they knew how to prepare food from scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are, those are things that I think are attitude based, but they're also skill based and resource based. Yeah. And we, we don't know what will happen if, you know, factories have been shut down for a little while. Are we, we might have to figure out how to fix toasters and 
exactly. Well, and it's interesting because we've actually been having a push for the right to repair movement has been. Yes, we're doing it anyway. Legislation. I know. It keeps, I'm sure that I am very much not alone in these, in this thought process that we have now as a world, the fact that this is pandemic, you know, we are approaching this as a world. This is both pulling us apart at the seams, but it's going to be a putting us together in a new way. I used to wish, I used to wish the aliens would come because only once we had one of those external things, we remember that we are one world and we are actually all the same and we need to be finding that identity as a unit. And perhaps the virus is the alien <laughs> and this is helping us to, to recognize that we need to learn from each other the way that countries are reaching out to each other in different ways and they have before the way this is impacting the structure of our economy, which is so precariously balanced on things that are ethereal. They're not real. And this is why how many times Luca have we talked on our show about what is secure and the illusion of security. And this is really, it's pulling the veil down. The way the stock market is crashing so easily, the way that jobs are suddenly pausing because we can't go out. When money isn't flowing, it all of a sudden starts to cease to exist, which shows it's, it's, it's not, it's not a real tangible thing. But then that begs to question, okay, so what can still flow? If we're not able to make the money flow because that system is now breaking down, then what does flow? And this is where we enter into that societal support structure. Of yeah. reaching out to each other, of the, well, this is, of the skills and the receiving yeah. of what we what we have at our hands. This is very much the idea around barter systems. And I'm well, I should say here, not barter systems, but but alternative economic systems, because um, and we've talked about this on the show before too, I believe. Um, that there's a there's a group down in Bellingham in the most northern part of Washington State. Um, and they, their community has a barter system that's called the fourth corner exchange, not barter, alternative economic system. That, so that means that we, they, they are not doing business as usual. It's not just, um, that we have a, a piece of wood instead of a coin that represents money and then everything else is done as usual. This is a system that is built on community. And the idea behind these alternative economic systems and and barter too is that um, you can go into debit or credit. Either one of them is fine as long as your financial picture is moving. And that means healthy. So so the same thing is true around our bodies, right? You don't want to go into overexertion, but you also don't want to be a couch potato. So it's finding that place where you're in movement, where you're weight bearing where you're staying healthy and, and, the, I, and the, the the if the final financial environment needs to do that too and it's not just money because it can be money can be replaced by anything ones and zeros or mm-hmm. you know chits or whatever and really it has been replaced by ones and zeros so much of yes. money's existence is now digital rather than physical and, and tangible yeah. as you were saying that luca the idea of movement and exchange and flow. And I'm realizing that contrast so much with the idea of staying home. 
being small in some ways, being deliberately disconnected physically from each other so as to interrupt the whole transmission method of this virus. And it, it's going to take a conscious effort to redefine what movement and flow looks like when we physically isolate. How do we stay mentally connected and in flow, giving well, and receiving? And mentally and, and emotionally and emotionally. spiritually, right? Because we are more than the physical aspect of ourselves and so are our relationships more. Mm-hmm. So we, we have that ability to take what we have now and reach out with it. And I'm really so encouraged by seeing a lot of small online, predominantly online businesses reaching out and saying, look, we may not be able to uh, do business as usual right now, but here's one of our services for free. So there are all these museums in the world who are putting their exhibits online, the guided tours for free. Mm-hmm. So all these parents who are homeschooling right now, I saw some piece, piece uh, the other day on Facebook where this guy had been at home, he'd been homeschooling his kids for an hour and a half and he's decided that teachers should earn a million dollars a year. <laughs> um, because really you don't appreciate what you have or what somebody else is doing for you until you have to do it for yourself. Yeah. So this is, um, so, so for, for a museum to do something like that for the, the universities are all closing down, but that doesn't mean they don't have any resources. All of our local libraries in Vancouver, and we have one of the most highly used library systems in Canada, if not the most highly used, but we have a whole online collection and we still have access to the librarians while this is going on. Mm. And information is so critical to what we're going through. Yeah. So we can still read books. We can still research things. Um, we can still, I mean, you can still go online and, and buy books or get access to books. Like there are a lot of books that are, um, now covered, not covered by copyright anymore. And you can, you can get them online. Mm-hmm. So we have, we have, we have teachers available. We have uh, there. I saw somebody yesterday had put something, a curriculum online. They made it available for parents who are having to homeschool their kids right now. Um, somebody else put up a list of all kinds of interesting and and educational things that you can do with your kids while you have them in your care that are developing skills and um, and helping them to build social skills and uh, and learn things all through this period. Because the parents who who normally go to work and somebody else does that for them, they need those resources. So I'm thinking about that intellectual sharing and connection that 100% can be done, even though we can't be present with one another. Recipes that are being shared mm-hmm. um, online. So so we all, we, we are all fully formed human beings who have something to offer. I mean, if, we, if we're at home anyway and we're not earning any money anyway, we might as well be sharing the thing we have that isn't money. And if everybody shares, then we're all rich. Mm-hmm. It's very true. And that's how we're really going to feel that connection to each other as well. Because <laughs> there's so many people right now uh, that are, maybe they, they live on their own. And yeah. especially if they already... Uh, 
there's a lot of loneliness that is a danger for people to fall into right now. I think so. A real, not just a self-isolation where you're choosing it, but a, but, but where you are cut off from the ways that you were able to yeah. connect with the world and th- those were limited. Well, I'm thinking and, of all the people who belong to support groups. Right. They need those support groups and now they don't have the group to go to anymore. Right. That, right. So, so how, how do we help people like that? Right. right. And also a very real an unfortunate reality that home is not a safe place for everybody. And mm-hmm. so children who are needing to be home in abusive yeah. situations or yeah. where there's an abusive spouse and this can only, uh, you know, and my stress time makes that worse, right? Stress so, makes violence worse. Whenever yeah. there's any kind of a humanitarian crisis, violence increases in families and between strangers, but it really does increase in families as well. And that was one of the unfortunate learnings working with the Red Cross when you go into disaster zones, that you're not only dealing with the actual fallout of the disaster, but you start to deal with the impacts that are on that personal level. So how about we take a break for our first song for today? (laughs) So this is a song. um, I haven't heard this actually in a long time. And, um, uh, it popped up as it, I was going to bed last night. I thought, oh, how perfect. This song just sort of sort of catches the vibe of right now. So I've chosen Simon and Garfunkel's The Only Living Boy in New York. Um, let's take a listen to that, and we'll rejoin um, Rebecca and Luke and Essential Conversations in just a few minutes. Shine, shine, shine now Don't, don't, don't 
Welcome back. We would like to take a minute to acknowledge that we are broadcasting from the unceded territories of the Squamish, the Musqueam, the Tsleil-Waututh, and the Coquitlam. Although Luca and I are broadcasting from our individual homes, this is still the truth. And we would like to make sure that we acknowledge that in this time. And I am, what that means to me to take a moment to acknowledge the territories that we are on is that I am a visitor to this land. I am a, um, a settler and as a settler, I am constantly trying to tune my ears to listen to the voices of the people who are here and connected to the land, who have been here for millennia, who know the ins and outs, who know the ecosystem, who have lived in balance with this ecosystem, which is not a thing that we have promoted as the colonialists and <laughs> settlers. <laughs> now It's where we are today. And so uh, you're listening to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca. And we just took a listen to The Only Living Board in New York by Simon and Garfunkel. Uh, a little reflection on the on the sort of melancholy alone a loneliness we may be feeling these days that's a new term Mm -hmm. i've come across lately have you heard that i like that one no it's great a loneliness loneliness, which is where it's it's meant to specifically uh show the contrast between chosen solitude which can be very healing and healthy and unchosen solitude where you're you are alone and you don't really want to be and um because there's, so, I can say that there's times where where feeling lonely is quite pleasurable for me. But well, I'll, so so speaks the introvert, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. This is this is the time when all the extroverts are seriously thriving. We're all just like, woohoo, stay home, work from no, home. Introverts are thriving. The extroverts are the ones who are feeling hemmed in and yes, and, and uh, forgotten. Yes, it's very true. Um. So we were just we've been speaking about um the impacts that um. COVID-19 is having both on an individual level and a societal level. How are we coping up with that? Uh, Luca, I think you wanted to, you wanted to take this to the meta level a little bit, didn't you? You wanted to. Yeah. Well, I've been, I've been talking to my guidance system. Yes. And for, for any of you who haven't done any work with me before or heard me talk about this, my guides are, um, if we, if we think about ourselves as having a, uh, a soul level, each one of us, a, a level of ourselves that is greater than the part of us that we're aware of in our bodies. Um, and this, that, and that, and we acknowledge that this level of ourselves has a greater view of what is right and important for us. This is the level we dream from. It's the level of, of um, synchronicities and um, uh, sudden creative thoughts and imagination and those kinds of things. Um, I, I tune into that level, which is me. And I also tune into that level around me, which is not me, which I call my guides or helpers. So when, when times get tough, I go looking to them for some perspective and the perspective that they gave to me yesterday was they were, they were using the metaphor, the analogy of, um, when we go up to a space station and with the space station that we had circling the earth, um, that, that there are only a certain number of uh, astronauts in the, I don't even know if they call them astronauts. They call them something when they're, when they're living on the space station, Mm -hmm. but they, um, there's only room for a certain number of them on the station at any given time. 
but there are more experiments being conducted on that space station than there are people who originated them. Right. So, so there's a, for the space station to be up and circling the earth at all, there had to have been this gargantuan effort to research what was possible. Um, all the different disciplines coming together. You've got, you know, people who know about engineering and people who know about biosystems and, and what's going to happen with the physics of it. Um, this is so, so all these people had to work together and, and often from many different nations. Um, so, and then when that space station comes down again, it comes down with all of this information from the experiment. So that, then that information is all taken and, and uh, integrated into our, our society. So the same thing happened when we sent a man to the moon. We'd sent three men to the moon. Um, and that is before the lived experience of many of the people who are here now and going through this virus. But that's within my living memory. I was a child at the time. And it was, it shifted our worldview. It wasn't just a technological breakthrough. Um, or mechanical breakthrough. This was a breakthrough on so many different levels. And for us to be even able to get anything up out of the Earth's atmosphere, there were so many years worth of um, thought and dreaming of possibilities that had to happen before that so that we were ready to create this spaceship that could get up out of the Earth's atmosphere and come back in again and even land on the moon and, and do what they did up there. But the effort of being able to do that created a whole slew of technology that we are still benefiting from to this day. Um, I mean, right down to freeze-drying food. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's all still there. So what my guide said to me yesterday was that if we look at this virus as being a similar thing, this is not technological. However, for, for this virus to have, um, got into our society the way it has and for it to travel all around the world as quickly as it has, there, there is um, there was a, an amount of preparation that had to go on, not preparation for the virus, but preparation of what we had to learn in order to get airplanes in the air so that people could fly around when, when they, you know, so the, we're, we're not looking at something that just, this, this just happened on the planet overnight, although it almost did happen overnight, but, but there was a huge buildup to it. And there's now, um, as we cope with it, we're learning things, but we're also using things, as we mentioned before, that have been, that we've been developing. Mm-hmm. So as we find that our existing system doesn't serve us so well as we go through all of this, in fact, many pieces of our existing system may not, we may now see how defunct they are mm-hmm. and, and how they need to be replaced with something else. But the replacements, Many, many, many people have been working on, dreaming about, experimenting with on a smaller level for years. Mm-hmm. 
And this is providing an opportunity to test out things that we couldn't test out before because business as usual was so big and had so much momentum that there was no room for it. Mm-hmm. Or at the very least, there wasn't mental and emotional room for it. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to get not just a society, but the whole world to change its systems and financial systems are global now. Um, and in many cases, medical systems are global, uh, like pharmaceuticals um, and our food systems. We're not going to change them unless there is such impetus yeah. that there are no other choices. Right. The disruption then, has to be major in order for it to actually yes, skip yes. the tracks. Yeah. So I'm not saying it's good to have the virus. I'm not saying that um, we want people to die through this. Absolutely not. However, since it's happening, there is there are going to be opportunities in this for us to learn and grow and repair and rethink, reconsider, mm-hmm. um, and, and bring out things that we each individually have. Um, for instance... We can work from home now. If this had happened 30, 40 years ago, working from home would have been much more difficult than it is for us right now. So so with all of this happening, I believe there's going to be fallout from from this from this um, virus, from the experience of dealing with this virus that is going to um, still impact us probably for generations in the same way as um, seeing the earth from outer space um, broadened our perspectives of who we are as a planet. I am so with you. I am right alongside you. I, I, it is, this is the shift we have been begging for. Yeah. It is not showing up in a way that is enjoyable, but But it's rarely do. It is the door. And how negatively it impacts us, we still have some control over. If we are paying attention and we're listening and we're following the procedures, we will make a massive difference in terms of how this actually impacts the lives around us. Yeah. But you are, I, I, I feel it. It's, 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 it's showing us the vulnerabilities, but it's also showing us the possibilities just yes. from the news that's coming out from over in China, how the lack of everybody staying home has cleared up the skies so yes. quickly. Yes. How in Venice, the water is now clear, how dolphins have been returning to areas that they did not go to before. It is showing us the direct and daily impact we have on our environment as a human species and, that, and on our environment and also on our communities. Yes. Yeah. Very local, but very global. And yep. this is such a call to action. But if the thing is, the action has already begun. We've, we've had to take action because we feel it viscerally. We can see this like a train bearing down on us. Yep. And yet we have not been able to take the same kind of action for the very existential feeling, but just as real issue around climate change. And this is sort of giving us that, look how quickly you could shift this, folks, if we would yes. just stay on this new course that we got shifted to. If we take these lessons and we roll them forward, it, rather than just try to get back to life as normal, and I'm using the air quotes because normal was not working. 
Normal was not no. sustainable. No. Maybe what we're doing right now is equally unsustainable in certain aspects in terms of we are social people. We do need that connection. We're going to be developing new ways of, of creating and fostering that. This is a time for creativity. Yes. Right? This it's is full of opportunity. It is so ripe for opportunity. And it's hard to get to that place where we're allowing that part of our brains to expand and really grab hold and run with it when we are in fear. We are paralyzed with fear. I'm in an interesting position. Luca, I think you will resonate with this too. My last decade, two decades, most of my adult life has been spent with not knowing where my rent was going to come from for this month. That's kind of the life of a self-employed solo entrepreneur. And it makes it, life is precarious, right? Our financial I, life is precarious. Our financial life is precarious. And it's so being in that situation this month, is no different than being in that however many dozens and dozens and dozens of times I have been in it before. It doesn't feel any different except for I actually feel lighter about it because it's kind of interesting to have the rest of society be joining me there. And, I know. Yes. And so I'm it's even true. less less bothered because I know that now we're having a societal intervention around this. And Perhaps because I am not experiencing fear around that, I am more easily able to go into, okay, how do we then be creative? What are the opportunities that are here? So for those of you who may be experiencing that, and it can be quite a paralytic fear, yeah. I, I, I send you blessings. I send you wishes of ease and that your worry and anxiety will We'll see the exit door and can, can go and take a break from that, that we will hold each other through this. This will be okay. There are many of us who have been living through this for a long, long time. Uh, and we're still here. still here. <laughs> this is the thing. Even when the bank account goes to zero or $10, you can be surprised how long you can actually survive with that. And so it's, it's really, I guess maybe we can be the, the, um, the heralds of comfort for those where this is new territory, where what was what seemed to be secure is no longer, where those of us who already didn't have access to that security can say, and you will not perish. It will be okay. I'm kind of like falling into biblical language here. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So funny. But this but, is also yeah. this situ this current scenario, it's it's hitting me on a different level because I grew up in an apocalyptic Christian cult. So this is sort of like, oh yeah, I was trained for this since I was born. This is not really any... Yes, end of days, right? <laughs> end of days. Yeah. Meh, we were living for them forever. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it's also triggering in other ways as well. Um, yeah. I think I'm mostly, mostly beyond that. But um, anyways, this feels like it's time for... Yeah, you my, know what the song is, so oh, you know where man. it fits. <laughs> I was so excited no. to share this song with everybody. This song just randomly showed up in my Spotify a while ago. It's called Ed is a Portal. <laughs> it's by the Akon family. And the song is so full of joy. And it's got this community. You can hear it. It is a family. It is a family. This is a large group of people that are making the song. And it goes, it's like an epic song. It goes through ups and downs and sideways and turns around and does all kinds of different things. The reason I picked this song right now is it's the creativity contrast. It's yes. the stepping into the, you know what? It's all changed. This is and you're stuck portal. at home with your family. Then yeah. you can make music. Like it doesn't matter if anybody else is going to hear it. You've got an iPad or a computer. You can make music. 
and I guess you could say this, this song holds my wish for all of us, that we will find our way into the joy and the possibilities that this can bring for us. All right, so let's take a pause here. We're going to listen to the Akon family's Ed is a Portal, and we will be back here in the studio with Luca and Rebecca and Essential Conversations in just a few minutes.
song hey <laughs> it's all over the place we just actually took a minute to pull up the lyrics because even though i've listened to the song several times i hadn't actually looked up the lyrics and as we were doing so we realized there's a lot going on here and luca you were just referring to how it yeah, feels in, a, like in a, a short song yeah 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 and also how it, it seems to refer to the upendedness of change yeah yeah and um, so what we're going to do is we're going to tweet out um, the link to the lyrics so that if you don't catch them, which you probably won't because they're just so full of joy as they sing their way through the song. It's more of a, of a, del- a feast of the senses. It is a feast. And there's several verses. It's actually much longer than I thought it was initially. Yeah. There's yeah. four verses to it. And they're, they're almost um, uh, like Jabberwocky, the, that poem <laughs> from uh, it, 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 they're, it's very a little confused. bit of a little bit of gibberish, but there's but there's yeah. a there's still an essence of a meaning there. As there's an essence get yeah. from Jabberwocky as well. Yeah, that song is you can hear the joy. Yes, right. There's this yes. uplifting of spirits there, even as they're making their way through some chaos, and well, they're doing yeah. it together. Yeah, and I know from working with clients that when we finally break out of the prison of how we've been thinking about things and see it from a different perspective, there's often this, this laugh of sort of joyful recognition. 
and freedom mm-hmm. because it's, it is liberating to break out of the confines of how we've been seeing things and doing things up until now. There's comfort in it, but there's also, it's also a form of prison. Mm-hmm. And when we can break out of it, then we release all of these resources um, and ideas that maybe were in abeyance mm-hmm. until that time because they weren't invited to the party. It's kind of like the wallflowers at the dance, right? So you right. get the wallflowers on the floor might have very different dancing. So we'll, um, we'll leave that to you to go and have a poke around in it. We hope that the show today is um, inspiring as well as looking at the, at the hardship that's going on with all of us dealing with this virus the way we are. The other thing I wanted to mention is a book called Pronoia that is by a guy named uh, Rob Bresney, and he's an astrologer down in L.A., but he also writes, and uh, he wrote a book called Pronoia, which is the, um, I can't, I can't remember what the sub- subtitle was to it, but it's the, it's the antithesis of paranoia. Mm. And he's saying that there already are many, many, many things that are going on in our society that are great, that are good, that are making progress, but we don't necessarily notice them or report on them. Mm-hmm. So this whole book is all these little anecdotes um, about the things that are going well and ways to look at things to find what's going well and to find um, what you're doing well, each one of us individually. So um, I'm, I'm having a little dip into that each day at the moment because it keeps my spirits up. Pronoia. Pronoia by Rob Bresney, spelled B-R-E-Z. Um, S-N-Y. Mm-hmm. I think it's Y, not E-Y, but uh, you can find it that way. So we can, um, we can play. A, we yeah. can play in the world of ideas, right? We have that. We have imagination. And I've always said that imagination creates the blueprint for what we're going to do and try next. So. so. <laughs> Here we are. And I was thinking about the, the radio station closing down because this is unprecedented for us. I mean, sometimes we have to close down because there's a snowstorm and nobody can get up the mountain. But for the station to be closed, just closing its doors like this, mm-hmm. um, even closing its doors to the students who happen to be living up at the top of the mountain and could come in, this is unprecedented. But we have the airwaves and we have a responsibility to the airwaves. Um, to, when you, when you have an FM license in Canada, you have a responsibility to bring, bring your, um, material to air. Mm-hmm. And so all of us are trying to do that right now. But the reason that we can do it is technology. Right. If we didn't have the technology, if we didn't have the internet, the ability to upload and download files, the ability to learn how to do all of this because there are lessons about it online. Um, the ability to record, uh, we wouldn't be able to keep broadcasting like this. You know, this is making me think there's this really interesting, uh, I'm feeling pulled in two directions right now. 
both yeah. to access the skills that I maybe haven't used because I have so many conveniency ways of going about life, like the sewing that I know how to do or the cooking from scratch or the hanging the clothes out to dry, um, taking care of things in the yard, like a kind of a slowing down you could say, right? Yeah. Back to really getting in yeah. touch instead of accessing other people doing these services for me or mm-hmm. pre-made convenience things, Re- mm-hmm. reconnecting with those skills. And that's a slowing down. That's sort of a de-technological, I'm making up words now, whatever, you know what I mean. And then on the other hand, the need to access perhaps some of our most accessible making technologies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think the most powerful use for our technologies right now is to fill the gap that this is creating, which is the social gap, which is that being in physical presence and community with each other. This is the most, for the average person, this is where our technology is going to most support us right now. And in all the other ways, and and also perhaps to learn some of these skills that we haven't learned before that now we're like, oh, you know, this would be really useful. I don't know how to make a garden, but you know what? I've got some time. My neighbor's they're willing to share with me why don't i plant some seeds it's spring we could do that Well, because this could go on for four months we're at the very beginning of this in canada i mean not in china but in canada we are and and so if this is going to stretch out in front of us for four months we might as well be prepared for it and maybe planting seeds is not such a bad idea because then we will have a harvest we will have something to do each day that gets us out in the sunshine um, it's communal. We can share the produce even if we can't get together to have the barbecue. You know, Maybe but- it's time to learn yeah. some of those skills that we've always wanted to learn, but we yeah. never did. There is yeah. such a wealth that is available online. People are making their courses available, as you've said, but there's also tons of stuff even just on YouTube. There's yeah. stuff that's free. And if we yeah. go in and we're like, you know what? I don't know how to sew. How do I even just sew something by hands? How do I darn? I want to learn how to darn. Yes. You know, repair the knitted things that have a hole in yeah. them. I, we've lost most of my generation. We don't even know what to do with that. So yeah. using... We get a hole in our sock and we throw the sock away instead of darning the hole. Yeah. So it's a good time to both go slow and a really good time to be using the technology to fill the gaps for what's most yeah. missing right now. Yeah. And somehow... I, I'm really hoping that our government, the governments of the world, as well as the humans, just on a, on a societal and individual level together, that we will have grace with each other, that we're not going to stick it to each other if we don't have the money to pay yeah. for the rent, to pay for the bills, yeah. to do this. We are in yeah. unprecedented territory here. Well, this isn't a financial crisis unless we make it a financial crisis. Mm-hmm. So if you're afraid that you won't be able to pay for something, and you just then therefore you withhold your payment. Um, or, or for instance, the, the companies right now, they're laying off their employees. Mm-hmm. Um, if you lay off your employees, they don't have any money. They don't have any benefits and they need them. So if they, then, then that hardship gets passed on because they can't buy anything. If we all kept doing as usual, then all of our money would keep flowing. We've already started the process of not doing that. So what do we do right now to mitigate that? Mm-hmm. Because I think that we have, there are certain places where we have the discretion to be able to do that, to mitigate. Well, I think we've just about run to the end of our time here. So I think it would be 
good for us to ground in. Everybody, if you're listening, please connect into our Twitter, which is EssentialConv. That's Essence, T-I-A-L-C-O-N-V. You can see some of the links that we've been referring to. We'll We'll tweet out there. We will be available for conversation. Please reach out, you know, come and come and visit us on our Facebook page. If you want to have a conversation, Um, we're going to be looking for guests that will be able to do some uh, long distance uh, interviews with us over the next little while. We're going to get creative, but we're still going to be here. And until next week, I wonder what's around the corner. Essential Conversations is brought to you courtesy of Luca Halleck's Power Sorcerer. And Rebecca Mears, Certified Coach. Increase your awareness, expand your options, empower yourself. Luca can be reached at www.lucahalleck's.com. I light the fires that light a thousand more. Connect with Rebecca at catchingfire.ca. Yep, 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 yep. yep. Oh, ah, Happy, 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 boing, 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 bo